Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to episode 113. Tonight's show is brought to you by Murder Hornets and or plugging in your microphones. That's right, your microphones work way better if you plug them into the mixer. And if you don't plug them into the mixer, lo and behold, they don't work. With that, are we going to do patrons real quick? Let's do patrons real quick. Where are those? They're right there. They're way over here. I'm going to start right here. <clears throat> At $20 a month, we've got Zozo. Ten. Oh, wait, $10 a month. We've got Zozo, Zach, Will, Tom P., Todd, Tom P., a.k.a. the Pinto Bean Slayer, Todd, Ty, Tennessee Zach, Taperboard Pro, SCG Shuko, Sam Pecklin Racing, Sam Cransolis, Ryan Plum. Oh, I said their last name. Sorry. Parker, Noah, Nick, My Pal Dal, MTB Shenanigans, Lloyd Christmas. I don't think that's their real name. Uh, Leland, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jared Dix, Jake D with no wittiness, the real Jake D, Jack the Pumpkin King, I ride a bicycle because I have a small penis, Green Giant, Gordon, G-Man, F that guy, Mark, Ezra, Trilla, G, Evan, Eric, Drew, Dr. Dick and Posse, <laughs> Captain Fickle, Cam Irish One, Billy Single Speed, Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron. We got Esker Cycles at 1169. We got Lead Out Sports and Josh from the Intesa at 14 kangaroo ears. Dean with 16 and a half kangaroo ears. Then moving into 20, we got Scott, Poop Ranch, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, Brad at 32, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. I'm not even going to have to speed it up this week in the uh, editing. I don't know if anyone notices that, but I, I increase the tempo for the patrons because I just assume that people might skip. Some people might skip it, even though there's usually a little humor in there. Yeah, I think that's probably reasonable to do. Does the pitch of Matt's voice get higher? No, you can use um, in the editing software, you can change tempo without changing pitch. You should do one where you change the pitch. Make one higher one week and then one actually lower. Okay. But still both really fast. It'd be really fun. My voice is not necessarily high, or, or it's not not low already. I mean, do you want me down here like this, Kenny? Well, that's what it's going to be, but it's going to be super fast. And it's You'll be, be like a up. white Morgan Freeman. You want me down like this real fast, but real low like this, Kenny? Is that what you want? Is that that's what you want with the murder hornet, yeah, when the murder hornets come for you? How's that Benadryl <laughs> treating you? How's it Benadryl treating you? Tell me all Kenny, about it, Kenny. you go first and tell us your story about murder hornets. That way, if you like slump out on your desk, we know why. Yeah, so you guys can just... You guys can end the call and keep recording. If in the chat you see like, you know, ASDFG and it just goes across the screen, then you know that I have passed out on my keyboard. What would cause that, Kenny? Uh, I just ate a bunch of Benadryl and mm, not drank. Meat rice. How many how many is a bunch? Uh, just two and then had some NyQuil and now I am drinking a Coors Light. Cuz I'm pretty sure I'm basically making you know how people like to make their own sealant with glitter and all that kind uh-huh. of stuff? I'm just making right. NyQuil because NyQuil has alcohol in it and then diphedrazine something or I don't know what it is. Whatever the anti-hydramine. Yeah, whatever the antihistamine is. Yeah. But I just took the antihistamine and I'm making NyQuil. But I also took so, NyQuil just in case. <laughs> so you essentially, you didn't make a homemade sealant or a homemade NyQuil. You made homemade hibernol. Many seasons will come and go. that would be an amazing trade name for some type of sleeping medicine hibernol wait you don't remember that saturday night or mad tv i don't remember if it was mad tv or saturday i'm pretty sure it was saturday night live and it was chris farley and he drank like a two gallon jug of green kool-aid essentially 
Yeah. And it's like Hibernol. Many seasons will come and go. And while the <laughs> sickness ravages your body, you'll sleep right through all of it. <laughs> and he wakes up and like his hair's really long and like outside the window, like the seasons change and he wakes up and his hair's really long and his fingernails are long. And he's like, I feel great. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure. You, it was why, why did you make your own Hibernol? I don't think we talked about it on last show, but if we did, I apologize. Uh, not a big deal. Riding my bike and got stung by a bee. That happens. You know, I get stung once a year kind of thing. But this one was different. I don't know what it was. It was a different bee. So I don't know if I usually get stung by yellow jackets or get bit by horse flies or what insect bites or stings me usually typically. Bee, bee stings, like an actual honeybee, those stings are the least bad of all yeah, of Yeah, I thought they were super things. benign. I thought like honeybees yeah. generally are really nice and friendly, correct? Yeah, and unless you, like I've been stung by one once my entire life and what happened was I walked under a sunflower and scraped the bee off into the back of my shirt. Mm. And the bee got mad at that and and stung me and it it hurt for a little while but it it really it wasn't that bad and some people actually use bee sting bee sting treatments for like arthritis and pain relief in that area so if you're not allergic to bees and stinging things like a bee sting is kind of not that bad but yellow jackets and hornets and wasps and all of those motherfuckers they can just go to hell yeah so. I don't know what this one was. I didn't see it. I was just doing a fairly steep descent. I was riding a trail that is kind of e-bike territory only. It's just so steep and dumb. It's like a hiking trail, but nobody uses it. It's just like a weird thing. But I felt like trying out some new suspension over there. So climbed up this thing and it was ultra blown out because of all the weather we've had in the past year. And nobody rides it anyway. So anyway, I love those trails. Yeah. So there was even some not hike a bike, but there were some, you know, e-bike scooting sections where you have to like do little half cranks to get through sections. Cause some of the stuff, there's nowhere to go, but like a one to two foot deep rain rut. And like your cranks just hit the sides. You can't do anything. Yeah. So anyway, went up that and came down and it was fun. Suspension was good. And yeah, bee stung me like towards the top, right on the left calf. So like on the, almost on the back, kind of on the inside, but towards the back. I'm guessing and what happened was on the way up, you pissed them off, and on the way down, they're like, "Oh, there's that fucker." Probably. And they came after. It was, and it was probably like yellow jackets because their their sting is way worse. I don't know which one this was, and I've again, I've been stung, I think a decent number of times, been bitten by horse flies that are like bigger than your thumb and draw blood. Oh, and I hate those things. Oh God. Anyway, and I've done a bunch of dumb shit in my life that I've really hurt myself. And so I want to say that I've experienced maybe the average amount of pain um, outside of like childbirth. So yeah, anyway, just got stung by a bee Wait, and it was... Is, is this like an existential call for help where like you being birthed caused you trauma that we need to work through now live on the show? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying oh, I've, oh. I've hurt myself a lot. I think I've experienced a reasonable amount of pain in my life, physical pain. And yeah, so I think I've got a fairly good barometer for, you know, what it might like be like to get shot or, you know get into a fight with a badger or whatever stuff, stuff that can hurt. So anyway, got stung by a bee, not a big deal, but holy shit, this was like a legitimate for probably 10 to 20 seconds, like a very solid, ridiculous eight out of 10. It was wild. Like I almost came off the bike. Uh, Ooh, I had, I got stung by something like that once. It was Hold on, a, don't interject too much. Kenny, Kenny I know, might but just. It was in Arkansas. It literally, it felt like someone took a, 
two by four with a nail sticking out of it and slapped me in the thigh with it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty reasonable assessment of what this one was. It was it was not commensurate with uh, bee sting, I didn't think. Like, it was just yeah, crazy. Yeah, this was like some kind of hornets living in the ground is what got me. Like, I stepped on their nest and, like, I got one or two in the front of the thigh and then one in the back. And it was, it, it was, I, I literally, I was going through the woods. It was during an adventure race. And we were off trail, and I literally ran out into a busy road into traffic trying to get away from them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. But on this one, yeah, like it happened. And I just kind of, I was like, oh, yeah, you just got stung by a bee. I'm just going to keep riding. And it got like worse and worse. And I like stopped to make sure this thing wasn't like still on me or there's like a stinger sticking out of me or I got bit by like a rattlesnake or something. Like I didn't know. But it looked like just kind of a regular bee sting. It was already kind of looking gnarly. Um, so continued the descent and continued the ride and it was like, you know, pretty, pretty painful, but fine. And that was like a week and a half ago. And now it's just like all inflamed and itchy and stuff, like not infected looking. It's Did just it make like, like a hard lump under the surface. Surprisingly enough. No, there's a scab though. Like on the, yeah, that sounds exactly like what got me because mine hurt for a long time. Yeah. Those yellow jackets that live in the ground, I'm, I'm sure someone will know the episode, but I don't. I got those cutting the grass in Denver one time. You remember that? Yep, I remember. And I think I got stung seven times by those Ooh. things. Well, the thing with yellow jackets is their stinger isn't barbed. Like, they just stick it out, and they just keep on fucking hammering you with it. Yeah. But they also have, like, some type of poison or venom, correct? Yes. They are injecting uh, you while, while we, they do that. So no one emails in. It would be venom. Cool. You eat so, poison, venom is injected into you. <laughs> so anyway, uh, moral of the story is week and a half later, it's like almost like, it's really just uncomfortable. Um, it's not like super tender or anything like that. Like I really don't think I have an infection. It's just, I guess maybe my body doesn't get along with the venom or whatever it is. I really don't know. There's no like stinger stuck in me that I'm aware of, but it does scab up. So maybe there's like a giant stinger under there. I mean, I did have... That one time I had a, um, I had that giant thorn. Uh, no, it was a cactus. It was a cactus needle and it was like two inches long, fully in my body. And I didn't realize until like three months later when I pulled it out and I was like, oh, that's why that hurt. Um, anyway, just a weird thing. So I ate a bunch of Benadryl and other drugs, so I might fall asleep in a minute. Well, all right. Is that, has that been your week? (laughs) No, I have been riding my bike and riding the Talaria. Rode some new sections, and they're a lot of fun. I got a GoPro, so maybe I'll post some footage so people can see what type of riding I do on the Talaria. And what else? Yeah, GoPro 12, pretty nice. The last GoPro I had was maybe the first generation Mini, and it was okay. It was cool because it was Mini, but you know, it was you'd get like violently sick if you watched a video recorded from it on a mountain bike because it's like all it was all bouncy and all that kind of stuff. It had decent decent resolution, like it looked okay. But it didn't have all the super advanced stuff that these cameras have these days. So yeah, I picked up a 12, and they're really nice. Way more intuitive, to, by the way. If you want to send me footage, I will put it in the queue of all the other shit that I have to edit and put on YouTube. <laughs> awesome. Like mine's, mine's already yeah. posted on YouTube. Like, it's up. Oh, cool. Can't even fuck around. Well, it's not very fancy. It's like raw clip. So so you got a video so you could post, fic, so you could put up, you got a camera to post raw videos? That's correct. 
Yeah, Good. I could, I, I could, and should edit stuff, but it's very time-consuming, and you have to buy that was a, software. That was a porn joke. Ah, I didn't catch that. But yeah, GoPro 12, pretty well done. If anyone's looking for a camera, I'm sure there's other really cool stuff out there these days. I think DJI, the drone company, I think they make some pretty good cameras. I'm sure there's a bunch of other people. The the Action Cam 360 thing does pretty well. Matt Jones uses one of those. Yeah, the Insta360, is that right? Oh, yeah, that's what it is, Insta360. I'd like to try one. I think they're really cheap. Yeah, I like how small they are because I think it would fit under the visor on your helmet, and then you yeah. wouldn't get Andretti'd. <laughs> yeah. But it's a well done, pretty well done camera. Like it's pretty intuitive. I set it up very quickly. <clears throat> All the touchscreen stuff works really good. And you can just talk to it. You can say GoPro start recording, GoPro stop recording. It just like does all the stuff. It's kind of cool. And yeah, it's ultra stabilized. Now I will say YouTube butchers your footage. It's really terrible. And maybe because it's like I'm going fast and it's like a trail. And so the trail just gets washed out looking on the video like you can't see all little rocks and stuff on them the raw footage looks amazeballs which shouldn't be surprising but i'm just surprised how much youtube ruins your shit and i think there's all kinds of weird stuff that people don't really know the answer to youtube has increased their compression over time because they're trying to save resources right and keep file sizes down but i think if you are like a bigger youtuber they let you upload it upload at a higher bitrate and stuff looks better I don't actually know the answer. So anyway, a little frustrating on that part. Other than that, GoPro, it's pretty neat. Bicycle's really neat. I've got some new suspension. We still won't quite talk about it because it's not all um, it's not all hashed out. What else is going on? I've been noodling around with the idea of getting a full fat uh, e-bike, like a full power Levo. There's some really good deals to be had on those right now. So maybe I'll just do that for funsies. I'm thinking about doing gonna- some weird stuff. Like what if I put a i think i want to put a dual crown on it so <laughs> oh, that could be pretty cool yeah i want to dual crown everything now i just want to take a ride in kenny's brain <laughs> yeah yeah not a lot going on <laughs> not with that benadryl floating around in there nope um, everything's for the slow. record i looked it up 1992 chris farley snl hibernol you should look Ex- it up excellent i have to watch that other than that i'll be in europe Next couple of weeks, so won't be won't be doing no, any shows. No Kenny for a couple of weeks. It'll be the uh, it won't be such a, a multi state affair. It'll be a Colorado only episodes for a while. Well, that's okay because I'm sure we won't get through everything tonight. Well, I'll go next. Yeah, I've done nothing. That's, Just nothing. That's it. You went squirrel hunting. You went opening day of squirrel season. Yep, I went. And op- you you overcame very difficult hunting conditions and you got a squirrel a single squirrel you did yeah that's super crazy i I always thought squirrel hunting was a ruse like it's not a real thing because i i like got a license one time in memphis or mississippi or something i can't even remember it was a really long time ago and yeah you can't you can't shoot a squirrel like there it's not a thing oh no I, dude i consistently shoot squirrels he's like a squirrel sniper with, there's a hundred million squirrels in tennessee and yep. Yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't find one. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Um, it was really windy, so it was tougher than usual. Normally, you can see squirrels moving in the trees, and you can, whether it be they they move and you see their tail, or they jump and you see them move a limb. 
But when it's windy, and when I say windy, the Weather Channel forecasted 15 to 25 mile an hour winds with 40 mile an hour gusts. So, and, and we got a few of those gusts. Yeah, it was, it was stupid. I have this big thing about hunting opening morning, though. I don't know what it is, but no, I've been killing squirrels like shit out here. Like I can do it. Um, and for those so, of you that might want to know, shot shotgun or 22? Nope, uh, Ruger 10-22. And just this year, I have a a new toy or a new upgrade for my Ruger, which is the Ruger BX trigger for it. It reduces the trigger throw while not only reducing the pound of trigger pull, but increasing the consistency between shots for the trigger pull. So you um, got a scope on that thing or are you iron sight? Yep. Scope. Fancy. Yeah. 25, 30 yards, like that squirrel on the tree does not stand a chance if it's not windy. Use, uh, what you use, some CCI stangers? Uh, no, I use the CCI Velocitor. It's, it's uh, over 1,400 foot a second uh, muzzle velocity. So, Ooh, man, they don't fuck around. <laughs> yeah, I like those, uh, I like those CB shorts. Sometimes they get stuck in the rifle. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> it's a feature. Yeah. They're really quiet, though. Uh, yeah, I have some subsonic rounds that are really quiet. They go instead of. But yeah, that's my week. Oh, and I went for a bike ride with Parker. I did do a bike ride. Single speed. I went for the first outdoor ride in like six weeks, and I did it single speed, and we finished in the dark. It was just everything a man could hope for. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got out and rode. Oh, yeah, and then we went and had dinner, and it was great. How was your bike? I mean,. Other than the fact that I couldn't pedal it, it was great. You have the... Esker Hayduke, or no, Jaffe, which I know that my buddy works there, and yada yada, two of my buddies work there, but uh, I will say this will be my my Esker tax of the night. It's two-part. I saw Parker's Ty Jaffe in person. I have no desire for one. I I, I mean, if, if one fell out of the sky, I would put my parts on it and ride it, but like... I, I don't need to buy one, but God damn, that thing looks amazing. It the, does look good. The finish on it is done in such a matte and consistent way. It looks like it's painted from across the parking lot. It's just a it's a really great finish on that titanium. And segueing into that, they launched a new bike this week called the Hey Duke LVS. It has a, it's a it's a titanium Hayduke with a 600 millimeter chainstay, so it's like a dirt road touring bike packing mountain bike off road touring super bike. It's like a long tail mountain bike, and I think I'm going to get the opportunity to ride one of those in the future out of their like douchebag industry people fleet or Parker's bike or something. And I'm really looking forward to it. Tie bikes are really cool. I've always wanted a tie bike, but it's like a lot of things. They seem really neat in theory, but they're expensive. And like, do you uh, do you really need one? I don't know. I've ridden a few over the years, mostly single speeds of different kinds. I don't remember which ones they were. It was a long time ago. But yeah, they're they seem really cool for sure. Yeah, and the you know I'm really interested in trying that super long. It's essentially like a long tail 29er. So I don't know. I, I think it's pretty neat. I mean, it's cool just because it's a lot. It's different. Like, there's nothing. And don't at me and be like, oh, this frame builder has been building those since 2003. I don't. I, this is the first mass market version of this. In standard I'm, mountain bike. Yeah, like in a normal mountain bike. 
because the salsa black borough, I think, or something like that is the. I'm sure Surly has made their version of this. No, they they don't. They okay. don't make one in a non e bike. They make a long tail e bike, but they don't make a long tail karate monkey. All right. Who, so who was the first mainstream 29er? It was a Fisher, right? Gary Fisher. Oh God, Tom, just write in and we'll clarify later. Yeah, Tom Peel knew this. And and here's a problem. I bought my first mountain bike in 2007, and it was a 29er. And they weren't old yet, but they weren't new either, if that makes sense. So, I feel like the Gary Fisher 29 started taking off in, like, what, that kind of 2008 era? You think that's accurate? No, because I had my par- I bought a Paragon in 2007, and they already made the rig, the Paragon, and a couple of other bikes. And okay. they already had the Hi-Fi Plus, or the Hi-Fi Deluxe 29 full suspension, which was, like, essentially a sugar... 29er or a cake 29er i think it would be very interesting to ride like if you put new stuff like a reasonable length stem and nice wheels and tires and some other stuff on a hi-fi i wonder i wonder what it would be like it'd probably be horribly twisty and bendy and like the suspension probably wouldn't work good and do other stuff good either i don't know i'd be interested you can just to ride, try it you can ride any uh like a Niner, like an Air 9, if you want to know what an old Well, no, but those those like. were, I mean, I remember those. I had them. But they were, they were like, so, pretty, they were fast handling and everything. I want to see what I'm getting the at. Name, You're talking about long, long stay stuff, right? I want to ride some old 29ers to see what they were like. Because most of the time, Niner basically just made up for it by making them freaking 73 degree head tube angles, right? That was all they did. Yeah, something like that. Well, but. You know, Trek was doing a different offset of fork to do the same. So I'm yeah. on Wikipedia right now. They're saying that uh, Gary Fisher released the the first bike was the 29er. Um, oh, and it was I called don't... the or it was called the two niner offered by Fisher in 2001. And then Whoa. U.S. Bianchi was offering a line of 29 inch wheeled off road bikes in '91 called the Project Bikes. Um, and then 91, Panaracer developed a 700C version of the smoke tire for OEM use on Diamondback Overdrive and Overdrive Comp. Uh, the original company, Klein, produced a small quantity of 29-wheeled version of their successful Altitude and named it the Adept. It failed to find a market, was discontinued. Um, the first real tire came from WTB in 99, and it sound, and then White Brothers produced a fork. Um, so I'd rather hear the Tom P. read recount of this surly released their karate monkey in 02 and then fisher released the like it was the first major manufacturer um it didn't really take off well until the rig in 2004 so that's what Hmm. that's what the internet says interesting interesting and that kind of jives with me saying like in 2007 they weren't new but like someone debated with me they're like you sure you want to get a 29er and i'm like yeah i'm tall why not and uh yeah I would say this this bike looks like it would be a great bike for backpack hunting if you wanted to hunt by bike. Other than what I've brought up in the past that you sweat a lot and you have to deal with that. But if you have room to pack, you know, extra clothes and whatnot, that's not a big deal. So there we go. The JRA show devolving to reading Wikipedia to you. <laughs> that's why I wanted to read. I, I wanted Tom to write an essay, and I wanted to read that on air. In he'll Tom's still voice. he's still going to tell me what's wrong. So we'll do that next week. Okay, is it my turn now? Sure, go. So this week I have been 
doing my best. So I don't know. I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have done some kind of long backcountry wilderness, bikepacking, whatever. Any kind of long time you spend just out in the woods where you have basically one objective. It's to travel from point A to point B by foot, bike, whatever I was hunting. And that's that's it. You wake up in the morning, you go hunt, you get out in the woods, you have one thing that you have to worry about. Literally one thing. It's like, go find the animal. Don't let the animal know you're there. That's it. That's it. You're, you're just, that's your one thing you have to do. And that's all you concentrate on for days to weeks in a row. And when you finish that and you come back to normal life, it's, it's always like a shock, you know, even if normal life is pretty sweet, it's still, it's difficult. It's really hard and it can, it can be mentally a very challenging thing to deal with. At least for me it is. And so I've been trying to just coast back into normal life rather than be like, okay, time to get back to doing everything. So I've kind of just been doing that. I worked a little bit today, stacked some firewood. I've been grouse hunting a little bit, which is basically like armed hiking. Like you'll find grouse when you're not looking for them. But if you go out and you're like, I'm going to go grouse hunt, like you, you're not going to find a fucking grouse unless you have a dog. But I've still done it because it's just, it's a good way to just get out in the woods for a little while and just, you know, give your brain a little bit of time to kind of calm down after it's just been overstimulated with all of normal life. So that's what I've been up to this week. Um, I think I'm going to, we got all of the elk in the freezer. We made hamburger. How many pounds of hamburger did we make? 51 pounds of hamburger, 30 uh, no, 10 pounds of breakfast sausage, 10 pounds of Italian sausage, and 11 pounds of Vietnamese sausage for a total of 81 pounds, or 83, whatever the math is on that. 51 and 31, so 82 pounds. Yeah. You did, so uh, you did cube up some stuff for meat rice, right? There is meat rice. Yes. There's a bag in the freezer for meat rice. But there's Excellent. there's still hundreds of pounds of steaks. We can just thaw steaks and cut it oh, up cool. for meat rice. Yeah, Great. so we've got... We've got between the chickens and the elk. It's it's actually it's a really nice feeling to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna go bear hunt the next you know over the next month. I've got three different, or it's like month and a half. You get like three different weeks that you can go bear hunt with the tag that I've got. You know, but it's nice to just not have the pressure of like I need to put something in the freezer. It's not like we can't afford to go to the grocery store and buy meat. It's just it's it's different. You know, it's like I. I want this quality of meat in my freezer. I want to go get it myself. And now between, you know, the chickens and the elk, like Matt and I can hunt the rest of the season. And, you know, if we don't, if we're not feeling it or if we don't get anything or whatever, it's, it's kind of, it's just low pressure. You know, it's, it's really nice. It's a good feeling. Like I don't have to go and try to like snipe a tag off of the leftover list at Wednesday, 11 a.m. So that's a good feeling. Other than that, not a lot going on. Chicken nugget for anyone who has uh, followed along on Instagram or remembers from, oh gosh, back in August, we had a hen that hatched a an egg from another hen, and she and that baby are doing well. Um, I went out there tonight to gather eggs, and I put them out. They were isolated in a different uh, spot 
on the property. And once the baby got all of his feathers, I'm saying his because it's a very large baby with very big feet, just like dad. And so I'm assuming it's a rooster. Maybe it's a hen. I don't know. But he and mom were just sitting on the roost together. He snuggled up to her. It's kind of cute. Took a photo, but it was kind of dark. So, um, yeah. So they're they're doing well. That's your chicken nugget of the week. And other than that, I'm going to go tomorrow and do a little retail therapy. I really like my bow that I have. It's a Matthews Prima. But now that I've killed an elk with it, i got to get a new one. It's just the law. <laughs> no, it's... My my hands get cold extremely easily, and they lose circulation, and it's pretty painful. And having a metal bow in your hands first thing in the morning is, like, I literally, if I need to, you know, most of the time I can strap it to my pack and hike for a while before it warms up, and it's okay. But if for some reason I need to have it in my hands, and it's 50 degrees or colder, which happens a lot up in the mountains... I, I literally, I have to like open a chemical hand warmer pack, even with gloves on. I have to open a chemical hand warmer pack and hold one of those in whatever hand is holding the bow. So I'm going to go tomorrow and check out, and tomorrow is a Thursday in our recording world. So by the time this posts, I may or may not have a new bow made out of carbon fiber. Carbon fibers? Yeah. Um, some people don't like how they feel when you shoot them. You know, they kind of get mixed reviews. So I'm, I'm going to go shoot them. And if I like, if I like it, I'm going to buy one. So that's what's happening in my life. Also kind of looking at a new gun for mountain lion hunting, but that's overwhelming and there's lots of choices right now. So I'm not going to, uh, get too into that. So should we move into some questions? I have one. Yeah, let's do some listener questions. And then if we have time, we'll go through some new shit. Because I close my you? I close my eyes there for a minute. It's it's not looking good. <laughs> if you have a listener question, let's do it. Okay, this one is from uh from Phil Wang. All right. Yep. Uh, this is from our Slack. I get on there once in a while. You're slowing down, Kenny. <laughs> I know. This is an e-bike question. <laughs> so I'm strongly considering an e-bike in the longer travel range, 150 millimeter and up, to replace my Bronson. Uh, he's mentioned how I've talked about e-bike stuff. Of course, I tend to hear it's best to go full power for e-bikes. And I was wondering why you, me have chosen SL versions on the last two bikes. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I found that some motors have some issues with reliability. That's accurate. Uh, I was wondering what your experience is from Shimano, Broza, Bosch, etc. There's a new SRAM one that we may or may not have mentioned on a show. We haven't yet. yet. Okay, I don't know much about that one yet either, but seems like it could be cool. Anyway, so just a question about e-bikes and motors and reliability, and should you get full what they call full fat, which is a full power e-bike uh, with a big battery, or you get a super lightweight one like a Pivot Shuttle or uh, the Heckler SL, Levo SL, Kinevo SL, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I've discussed it a few times on the show. I may get a full power e-bike at some point. I've definitely ridden a decent number of them. I think they can be really good. Why did I get the SL is because I ride by myself mostly these days, but for the longest time I rode with a group of people. Um, most of them are like very fast riders. So a full, a full power e-bike for me just wasn't really necessary. I just needed that little bit extra to be able to ride with them and keep up with them and do 
what would be complete and utter race pace for me for three hours. And I would have a horrible time on an analog bike or I can ride uh, with reasonable effort and keep up with those people. So I did the SL. I think ultra lightweight e-bikes are really cool, but they're, yeah, they're super limiting. So you got to know what you're getting, right? If you have a ride where you have this ridiculously long gravel climb or you're doing, you like to do 5,000 plus foot days, you just got to get a full power e-bike. It's hard to do that on an SL. Definitely doable. Like you can crank the uh, assistance down as low as you want, but it's just not really the right tool for that kind of job. If you're going to do ultra backcountry stuff, or if you ride with all other people that have full power e-bikes, then obviously get a full power e-bike. The half power ones are really cool. They handle a lot like a regular bike, which is really neat. Uh, I can't really tell you which one to get. I've enjoyed both of mine a lot. I have a Kinevo SL right now for reference. I had a Levo SL before. Uh, yeah, you'd have to tell me a little bit more about the type of riding that you want to do. So that may not be super helpful on which one to get. I think they both obviously have their places. As far as brand goes, I'm very uh, I'm very fond of the specialized stuff. I think their software is really good. The fit and finish is really good. Their warranty is really good. It's just as a whole package, it's just such a well done e-bike. There's nothing that like clanks around on them. There's no goofiness. There's no like slop in the pedals. None of the stuff you get from these other systems. The downside is the Levo second generation in particular got a bad rap, rightfully so. They burned up tons of motors. However, I think that has been fixed. I have replaced pretty much zero generation three and newer Levo motors. So I think you're fine. I wouldn't worry about that at this point. Unfortunately, that is a big egg on the face of specialized for that motor issue. Now, granted, that's a Broza thing, not a specialized thing, but they are the ones that partnered with Broza and they just, I don't think they did adequate testing on it. It's a very weird thing because the Gen 1 Levo motor and the Gen 2 Levo motor and Gen 3 Levo motor pretty much are the identical guts. Inside the motor itself is like the same thing. They've massaged a few parts, but the power meter, the spindle, how all the gear reduction works, all that stuff, it's exactly the same really on the first and second gen. It's just a different casing. It's like a more svelte, tighter fitting, lighter weight magnesium case on the second gen. And it's just an aluminum box on the first gen. That's the only difference. Uh, so anyway, and then by the way, the third generation motor really was running the second generation for the last year. They just didn't tell you. I think they just updated the Sprag clutches and maybe some belt stuff. Everyone says that they break belts. So I want to just nip that one in the bud. Most people are not breaking belts on those. I've opened up a whole bunch of them. All the belts are good. It's a Sprag clutch problem. And I think they updated the Sprag on the uh, version 2.2 motor, which is on the Gen 3 Levo. So I know that's a lot of, that's a whole bunch of information. Basically, I would not be scared of the Specialized. I would get a Gen 3. It's mullet, 150 rear, 160 front. They make a zillion parts for it. The suspension design just kind of works. It's nothing fancy, but the bearings don't ever wear out. There's no weird slop or clunk or play. They just, it's a great solid bike. Up to you if you like mullet or not. I think you're going to see mostly bikes being mullet going forward that are longer travel. I don't think that's a problem. I haven't spent enough time on the mullet to really have an opinion, but I don't think it's a bad thing, especially on an e-bike. For lots of reasons, stronger rear wheel, shorter chain stays, all the good stuff. Uh, what else about the Levo? 
I think that covers it. I would have a hard time not getting just a full power Levo. And right now, the deals you can get on a full power specialized Levo are insane. We have them yeah, in the like shop. You were in saying, fact. Yeah, in the the ones you built in the shop, you said you're selling those for $6,500? Yeah, so I don't know. What did we talk about in the last show that we got a bunch of those bikes yeah, and we're you, doing some you custom builds? you said you were going to get a, a bunch in and do some wild builds on them. Yeah, so I don't want to say the number for business reasons, but we bought a lot. Uh, you could, um, you could buy a McMansion for the number of just one model of Levo that we bought. So we have a lot of them and we have confidence in them. So I wouldn't be scared of them. And if you're interested in one, let me know and maybe we can figure something out. But we have the base carbons, which is a pretty garbage build kit. It's like full SX with a 35 silver. They're not good on the component side of things, but the frame and the motor and all the stuff, they're all the same. And they even come with the bigger batteries. That's a whole nother thing. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole and make people's eyes glaze over. Uh, but moral, moral of the story, yeah, they are already. I'm boring myself over here. <laughs> no, I just meant from the Benadryl. <laughs> yeah, that too. But the Levo's a really good bike. I just have such a hard time. I see so many e-bikes come through our door that we service, even ones that we sell. Oh, just the, they're so, the way the power comes on, the fit and the finish and like the play in the pedals and all the jankiness and these other systems. I just, I don't like them, but the Broza, the Specialized, it's really, really good. So that's what I would do. I get one of those. They're awesome. Tons of support. There's a million parts for them. If you want to put a freaking coil on the thing, you can get an EXT, slap it on there. They make what's called a cascade link, which is a progressive link for the back, which gives you uh, more progressivity. I think maybe 20% more than factory so that you can run on a coil on it and not just wallow in the middle part of the travel all the time. They even make a longer travel cascade link for it. So you can put a longer physical shock on there and get more travel. So there's all kinds of cool stuff you can do. So that's what I do. And that's, uh, that's it on that question. I think any input from you guys, I know you're not big e-bikers. No, I mean, but I can say that, and I know that I'm talking about the before times, but I rode when I was at the shop, I rode a 2018, I don't know what it would have been, Gen 1 Levo. Yeah, 2018 was Gen 1, 2019 was Gen 2 with the sidearm rear shock. It might have been a 2017 bike then, but I rode one of those. I think they came out in 2014, the first gen. They were a long time ago. But those smoked the pants off of anything at that time. Uh Uh-huh. And... We we know that I'm a Specialized fanboy. Like Specialized hasn't been asleep. You know, it's not like if they were ahead of the curve five years ago or seven years ago or whatever. Like, sure, other folks could be catching up, but when they already started with a head start and they've got that much money and and that much, I mean, fuck, they make everything an e-bike. So it's not like they don't care about it. You know, like they're really invested in it and they're making good products. So, and for what it's worth. The cool thing about having something made by Specialized is the chances of, if you ever need service and you're Mm -hmm. out in nowhere, the chances of you find a Specialized dealer over a Fazu or a a whatever other, whatever else you find, you're probably going to find a Specialized dealer easier than anything else. That's a big deal. I see a lot of people really burned on e-bikes because they bought something relatively nice. It was kind of bougie, maybe a boutique brand. And they got some problem with it and they don't make stuff. They don't make the controller for the handlebar anymore and they broke it or whatever weird issue they're having. 
and you just don't really have that with a specialized. I think that's a pretty big deal, especially on an investment of an e-bike, something that is going to need, no matter how you slice and dice it, that e-bike is going to need more service than an analog bike because it's bigger, it's heavier, you're going to ride it more, and there's more freaking shit on it. There's The motor has a zillion bearings and sprat clutches and belts and stuff in it, so... It's a more complicated beast, and I want one that's going to have a warranty and one that you can get parts for. And there's people that rebuild Broza Motors now, which is pretty cool. Um, I've done a couple myself, and yeah, I, I would do the Specialized. Alrighty, what's next? Let's go all the way back to, gosh, what day was this? Patrick sent us an email way back September 10th. Hey, JRA crew, I'm headed from Durango to Wheat Ridge to pick up a new SB160 on Friday, then looking to ride Salida BV over the weekend. I was looking at Vitamin B, Unchained, and Greens Creek. Just curious if those would be good pairing for a big bike or if I should look at other trails in the area. And I texted with them directly, and I think weather got in the way of that. So moving on. Fort Kenny. I have a pair of Roval Control SL, the 1250-gram version wheels on my hardtail and was considering putting them on the new enduro bike because they would feel great in the air but i was wondering if they would survive and if they would ride well or be too flexy the alloy wheels that come with the bike are not necessarily bad but i'm going to miss the zip moto nv combo on my 27.5 bike and the control sls are my only other 29 wheel set so funny you say that on my freaking kinevo sl i run controls but the regular ones so 28 hole front and rear, not 24 hole. And I have hubs that actually work. But other than that, you can totally put control SLs on there. There's a bunch of people that work at Specialized. When those controls first came out, they were putting them on full fat e-bikes. So yeah, you can totally do it if you want to. Is that advisable? Probably not. 24 hole is definitely pushing it. I've seen a reasonable amount of broken spokes on the 24 hole wheels. Very few broken rim hoops, luckily, but definitely does happen. But it's mostly from people just eating shit, essentially, or coming up ridiculously short on jumps and that kind of stuff. Doing enduro bike stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly, on XC bikes, which happens a lot in Utah because it's Utah. It's going to happen. Stuff gets rowdy. But yeah, you could, but maybe not the best plan. If you're a pretty smooth rider and you weigh less than 175, let's say, I think you'll probably be okay. I've obviously not had any issues on my Kinevo, but I just, I'm not a wheel killer. I'm just, I never have been, and I probably won't ever be. So I would I'm not, not do that in a million years. Like <laughs> it just, I just wouldn't, unless I just had like, fuck you money to buy an extra pair. So when I broke one, I could just put a new one on. I, I wouldn't do it, but I don't ride like Kenny. I'm not smooth, even though I'm not very heavy. Um, I hit rocks. I, I jump you hit off rocks of, and put your full ass into it. Yeah, like I, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not a smooth rider. I know that, and I, I get my oh shit moments, or I get too, just I rally too hard, and I, I hit stuff I shouldn't, and I break stuff. So I, I wouldn't do it. So do you want to continue talking about wheels? I think we just rapid fire a few things. I was gonna throw in here. It, well, there's, that, there's new wheels. Do we want to well, talk about the new zip wheels? No, not yet. Just okay. fucking give me a second. Christ. At 1,250 grams is not a reasonable weight for a Enduro wheel set. With that said, 1,400 grams is a very reasonable weight if you go with something like the bird wheels. I run the bird wheels on my bike. and Yeah, because those spokes allow them to put, they have a heavier rim. Like the, the rim right. 
the bird the rim on there is a burlier rim than these so i i know that's yeah that's my point like <laughs> you can go light because the wheels that came on that bike probably weigh 18 or 2000 something like that so you could shave a shit ton of weight out of the wheels going with the appropriate wheels and not smoke the wheels that belong in your hardtail that's that's what's yeah. going to be my closing point so moving on into wheels gonna pay our zip tax cha-ching the zero high top wheel is released the world's worst kept secret. <laughs> so they released a new wheel. It's 24 hole. It's an XC wheel. Claimed weight's 1,325 grams. 30 millimeter internal width. That's are for the both versions 24. Yeah, they are. So I think it's the same. I think it's the same rim, and they just put different hubs on them. That's Any the idea best on I can spokes? tell. 24 hole on both. I'm oh, sorry, like, like brand and size and stuff of spoke. Oh, I think they're Supreme is what I saw in here somewhere. I assume they're doing some bladed boys on the baller one, right? Surely. Probably. I really don't know. I don't have it in front of me, unfortunately. I did read it very quickly. But it sounds yeah. like, and I don't want to misquote totally, it sounds like roughly uh, 1,350 grams for the mm, light ones. and then 1,325. Like and then 14. Now, somebody said they weighed them, but that might have been with tire whizzes and tape and stuff, but they were like 1410, I think, is what uh, Pink Bike said when they weighed them. That would make sense, like with the tire whiz and all that shit. Um, the, let's see, the, the S version, which is the one that the claimed weight is 1495, does not come with the tire whiz. It's still a 24 count rim, it's still the same dimension rim. Um, but it comes with a different hub. These look cool, but the only thing I, well, the big thing I don't like about them, you can't get the rim by itself. Yet. Even if you could. You could the, not buy hubs for it. So, yeah, so like the, the high top S is actually reasonable for a nice carbon wheel set. It's $1,350. So, you know, if you were really a wheel snob, you could get those, take the hub, the shitty hub out. Not that it's a shitty hub that's going to break, but it's a in the cheaper wheel set, it's 55 points of engagement. In the more expensive wheel set, it's 66. So if you're a POE whore like I am, you don't really have an option to run these rims, even if you bought a wheel set and took the hub out. Because like an Industry 9 hub doesn't come in 24 hole. If you just buy them aftermarket, they're 32 and 28. So... Right, you'd have to spend a ton of money because what you would have to do is buy a 24 hole i9 wheel set and take the hubs out. Yeah. And then put the hubs in those wheels. It'd be a lot of work. Yeah. So I'm going to say a thing. I'm not a big fan even in carbon of 24 hole wheels. I just I ain't scared. I don't love them. I ran one way back in the day if we all remember. I ran a 24 hole front skyline with a road hub. <laughs> And it did survive, but again, I'm light on wheels. I I just see a pretty decent number of broken spokes on the 24 hole ones. I think 28 even on front front wheels too. Mm, mostly rear. Yeah. So I, I mean, these are cool, and I'm guessing they ride well. But just the fact that they're 24 hole, I'm I'm kind of disappointed because I probably won't really ever ride them because I, yeah, like I said, I. I just get I get annoyed at low engagement hubs. So yeah. Oh yeah, Kenny, I did find it in this article. The spokes are Supreme CX Ray. 
Okay, on the nice one. Do we know what the cheaper one uses? That's what's on the nicer one and the cheaper one. I assume they just went with more like round spokes and a cheaper hub. Same yeah, I, it doesn't say what spokes are on the cheaper one in here. Oh no, there's still there's Supreme CX Sprint. Cool. I have no idea what those are, but that's fine. It'd be nice. I know they're trying to play the weight game. You've got both Trek and Specialized and a whole bunch of other people making some really light wheel sets, but I think 2428 is kind of the answer for a lightweight XC wheel. 28 rear. I think that's going to really help people with longevity on spokes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it does say that the system weight limit for the wheels is 286 pounds. So that's rider and bike. Yeah. Because they, they said for e-bikes, um, they recommend them only on lightweight e-bikes where the motor's maximum torque does not exceed 55 newton meters. So there you go. New wheels. You want to do an, another listener question? Uh, Kenny, you still there? I'm fading pretty hard. I could do I could do <laughs> one more. How about that? I am about to actually go to sleep. Let's, let's just call it then. All right. We can call it. Yeah, because Matt and I will need some extra um, content for... Not having Kenny around next week. Shit, I guess that means I gotta ride my bike in the next week. Yep, we gotta do some interesting shit. So Kenny's not the only one that does interesting shit. (laughs) I was gonna ride my moto after work, but life got in the way. So, yeah, shit happens. Well, and also the people you're gonna ride with left at about the time you probably would have gotten there. So, all right. Well, shorter episode tonight. Matt and I will rally through some stuff next week. Uh, don't forget, if you go to JustRidingAlongShow.com, you can still buy water bottles, stickers, and patches. So head on over there and check it out. Um, if you have any questions, we'll put them in our queue and try to answer them uh, faster than one month from now. Uh, you can go to the same website, JustRidingAlongShow.com or JRAShow.com. If you can't remember the whole thing, they'll take you to the same place. You can use our contact form and send us your questions comments and smart remarks don't send questions on the instagram because they'll get lost that's it shut her down kenny's faded kenny are you even there to say shut it down (laughs) shut her down (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone thank you all for listening and good night thanks for tuning in to the just riding along show There's some shit coming out of your pants.